Oh, the movie, um, Baraka? The other one, because there's two of them, right? Samsara? Yes. That was like weird and I didn't really understand what it was, but then I ended up liking it. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was like, if you had pitched it to me, like I had just pitched it to you, <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, that doesn't really sound like something I'd want to watch or yeah, enjoy. <laughs> those are, those are a lot of fun. They're at least very well done, if nothing else. I was thinking, what's of all like the weird foreign movies and experimental stuff I watch, the most insane thing that I think I've ever seen is now we're staying in a hotel and I've seen the masked dancer and the masked singer. Yeah. Could you tell people what these shows are? I think it's quite popular in North America. I think think there's like nine seasons of the masked singer. That's madness. And then the masked dancer is like a spinoff. So they just have someone in a mascot costume come out, dance around kind of poorly, and then they go, oh, who is it? Oh, it's that guy who was on the fourth season of Survivor that one time. And that's supposed to be remarkable. Yeah, basically. And it's just like celebrities, like actual celebrities sometimes, and then just like peripheral celebrities. I I don't get it. I don't get why people would ever want to watch this show. And I don't get why it keeps getting renewed for more seasons. And it's so successful that it has a spinoff. Because people have, like, they love drivel. You sound like me. People (laughs) do love drivel. We live together. (laughs) And we're getting married. Of course I'm starting to sound like you. (laughs) We've been together for a year and a half straight. (laughs) Oh yeah, without leaving the like house, pretty much. Without leaving the house, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not like in a relationship. <laughs> We've been in a relationship longer than that, but yeah, people just like garbage. I, I thought you'd have some pushback or an explanation that's not what I think, because I just think like, oh, it's just garbage, and people like garbage. Samantha will be the the voice of the people. She'll tell me why people like this and give me some insight. But nope, it's if just this garbage. Is what the people like? I don't want to be the voice of the people. Fair. Well said. But you told me that like one of the celebrities was just someone who's famous for being a victim of abuse and kidnapping. Yes. Elizabeth Smart was one of the masked dancers. And uh, yeah, she was kidnapped at knife point from her bedroom in her home and returned like nine months later. And after undergoing that terrible terrible ordeal she gets rewarded by being like stuffed in a gorilla suit and made to dance for people <laughs> she was a moth but yeah she was a moth my mistake that's silly of me uh yeah she's like um she's like a child safety advocate now well that's good children should be safe yeah and not abducted but apparently this was also something that is now part of her personality is being a moth and dancing huh i i just know that People in North America often be talk about like, oh, Japanese game shows, they're crazy. <laughs> Those Mexican soap operas, they're madness. But I feel like American TV is as crazy, if not crazier. Yeah. Because the idea that there's someone whose celebrity is that they were abducted and then we just put them in a mascot costume and they dance and you have to guess like, oh, I know who that person is. Weren't they abducted once? And you have to guess who they are? I think Is that part of it? 
Yeah, so I think you get clues. I've watched like one episode of this, so I'm not 100% sure. So then the clue is like she comes out with a roll of duct tape and a knife? And you're like, oh, I know who you are. I don't know what her clues were. Um, But the... Yeah, you get clues of like one of the ones that we watched was like a guy from Jersey Shore. And that's still a thing. That's, that's still very much a thing, yeah. That's a celebrity status is being on that show. Yeah. Whew. And so there were like there was like suntan oil and like a shirt without sleeves and then some scared minorities. Pasta. <laughs> And then the, you were supposed to guess that it was one of the guys from Jersey Shore. But not like one of the more famous ones. Who are the more famous? I feel like we could just get into a whole <laughs> big thing about me fundamentally not understanding American pop culture. Welcome to I Love This You Should Too, the Jersey Shore podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we should get into it. Oh yeah, okay. Tell them, Sam. Uh, we are attempting to record an episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast about sharing the things you love with the ones you love, even if they're awful and have no taste. Wait, if the person is awful and has no taste? (laughs) That came out wrong. Even if their taste is awful, but you still love them. Okay. I think this might be one of those episodes where my taste is awful, but you still have to love me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not on board for The Masked Singer, so. No, no, no. Oh, uh, that's Indy. <laughs> oh, you can do it. I'm here with my adorably hotelish and buff co-host, Indy Randella. When you laugh when you say buff, it doesn't sound the same. <laughs> no, you're very buff. Thank you. Um, and I am Samantha Hughes, and this is I Love This You Should Do. How are you today, Indy? I'm doing all right. I'm just, you know, getting buff. <laughs> <laughs> What's the what's the word the kids say? Oh, I'm getting swole. Swole, right? Yeah, I have a, a lot of time on my hands, so I go to the gym a lot because like, there's a personal gym here in our hotel. Yeah, for another couple of days at least. I'm a little sad that we're leaving. Yeah, living that hotel life has been pretty good. Yeah. Well, we've wasted a lot of time already. Maybe we should get into it. Welcome to kind of season three. We just did our awards oh, show yeah, last three. Last episode, and we're kind of grouping things into 50 episode blocks, which is about a year. And we're getting back into our regular rotation now. So today we are each going to have a thing of the week. And then Samantha will tell me what we are watching for our big watch that we'll talk about next week. But until then, Samantha, what's your thing of the week? Oh, my thing of the week is The Big Day, which is a Netflix original series about uh, multi-million dollar weddings in India. Yeah, we watched this together just the other Mm. week, and I actually really enjoyed it. I was surprised by how well done it was, but what do you like about this show? Um, well, since, you know, we're getting married, and we're gonna have some of that Indian tradition in our wedding, I find it really interesting to kind of, I'm trying to read as much as I can about it, and learn as much as I can about, like, Indian traditions, and some of the, like, the clothing, and, like, meaning behind stuff, and so I thought this was perfect when uh, one of your sisters suggested it, because I get to see, like, the really crazy over-the-top stuff. Yeah, and we do just like wedding shows in general, mm-hmm. even before we were planning our own wedding. 
There are a lot of good shows based around this. There's a lot mm-hmm. of bad shows based around it, too. But I think what I enjoyed about this one so much is the way it is handled is less like a reality TV mm-hmm. show and more like a documentary. Yeah. It's not playing up drama for unnecessary reasons. You do get insight into characters, uh, characters like actual people, the people in it, but I don't think anything's overblown. And when there's moments of conflict, the people express themselves quite articulately. Mm-hmm. And it's shot beautifully. Oh, yeah. It's shot almost like a movie. Yeah. Like, it's so beautiful. Just like, if you don't care about the tradition or the weddings or the couples or anything, even if you just watched this, like, for the opulence and the color and the way that it was shot i think you'd be happy watching it because it's just so amazing to look at and i appreciated that it didn't delve too much into those stereotypes we get on wedding shows (laughs) about like the bridezilla who needs everything her way (laughs) yeah and we watched one episode where it started out when we thought it might go that way but then you get to hear the women talk and it's she's saying like well, I know how hard it is for women out there. So yeah, I'm going to hire all women mm-hmm. businesses for for my wedding. And yeah, I'm going to be in charge. And yeah, I want things my way because I've learned this strength. It's not just like, I'm a bridezilla, do things but... my way. The way they speak about it, you're like, yeah, damn right you mm-hmm. are. And I was totally on her side. And it was really interesting because you also get to meet her like future husband. And they like fit really well because they kind of have come to a balance in their relationship. Yeah, it's not that... It's not like she's just belittling him and demeaning him and like, it's my way, my way, spend all the money, you have no say, like nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of wedding shows where that's the case and then the man is just some beaten down guy going, I wish I had a football cake. Yeah. You know, and... (laughs) Okay, but that's an actual thing that's happened. Yeah, that did happen. (laughs) And then he got his football cake. But in this one, the guy is just like, she's a strong woman, and that's what I love about her. And yeah, I'm going to celebrate all this. And she knows what she wants. And like, you know, I have a peripheral knowledge of what's going to be at our wedding, and none of it's super offensive to me. So yeah, I'm going to let her plan the wedding she wants. And there is a bit of diversity into the people who are on it as well, because there are some times where, of course, one person is at least is always Indian, but there are some European grooms Mm -hmm. and they're getting married. There's one gay couple. That was a very good episode as Uh, well. That was like touching almost like some of those episodes of Queer Eye where you're like, they just get to be happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like watching that couple get married and celebrate their cultures with their families and them talking about how they never thought that they would get to get married in a church because they go to, was it Germany? I can't remember now. Anyway, some European country uh, where one of the grooms is from and they get to celebrate in a church and they like are so excited because they thought like we'd never be accepted by the church for like our life choices and what we want. And it was just so touching. And all of those things are what elevates it, I think, to a very good show. But I guess we should talk about the basis of what most people are going to be most excited about Mm -hmm. is the sheer size extravagance and opulence of these weddings because it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Oh, I know. And I 
was saying like I find I'm trying to learn as much as I can about Indian weddings because we're gonna have a small version of one yes much smaller than these ones (laughs) but like your mom has told me lots of things about it and she's like you guys just pick and choose what you want to do like there's no set formula of what you have to do we're not gonna do a big multi-week thing like these people are doing but I also kind of wanted to learn about the big scale because she's told me about these like hundred thousand dollar weddings that she's been to and all of the craziness and all of the things that go into it so i really wanted to see it for myself so that you know when we do sit down and decide which parts we want to have i have a good knowledge of the things that you can pick and choose from right yeah (laughs) yeah also just the fashion in this some of the like amazing outfits that i've like could never have even like dreamed up and they're just like glitter and glitz and glam and everything and they're all custom made and so that was a really cool part to see and when we say these weddings are big i don't think you can fully appreciate the scale until you see it because i think a bunch of these are million dollar weddings oh for sure and a million dollars goes a lot further in india than it does Mm -hmm. in a lot of other places so there's one where they're hiring architects to build things and and welders (laughs) and they have thousands of feet of sheet that is all hand block printed and they're having their wedding (laughs) in these giant castles and just renting out the whole one because i've been to a few of the places where these weddings are taking place and it's like i went to that castle that's like a big tourist spot i don't i had no idea you could just rent it that's like (laughs) renting out the parliament building and wherever you are like it's not a thing that just an individual can do just like walk in and be like "Mm, i want this for a week yeah Yeah, I uh, I think everybody should watch it, whether or not you're interested in the wedding aspect or not. It's just a very cool cultural thing to kind of learn about. And then also just it's pretty to look at. Yeah, I think there's so many levels that you can appreciate yeah. it on. If it's the wedding stuff, if it's the cultural stuff, if it's the aesthetics of how this is shot, mm-hmm. you do get a bit of interest into the people in it as well. Mm-hmm. It's not as much about the romantic story as it is that specific week Mm -hmm. but you do get a bit of that as well and then you get a good bit of like the logistics of this giant thing as well because some of them they're like their sangeet which is like a party before the wedding is the size of the academy awards yeah and that's it's not an exaggeration i really mean it what is basically like a movie set the size of a mall yeah and it was crazy. And you were talking like 30 foot things and huge video screens and like these and people... millions and millions of flowers. Oh, yeah. The amount of flowers is, yeah, it's, it's something else. Yeah. And it's just like one night out of like seven and they're having a party like this every single night, which is just like mind boggling to me. So I think if you're looking for something to watch that is both visually pleasing and also very interesting um, culturally, you should watch The Big Day, which is a Netflix original. And I believe um, once this episode comes out, there will be a second series of them. So there'll be six episodes in total to watch with two weddings each episode. Yeah, so we only watched the first three thus far. and. Mm -hmm. What is it, about an hour an episode? I think they're about 45 minutes or an hour, yeah. Yeah, and you get two weddings per episode, but those new ones should be out maybe by the time this is out. Yeah, they uh, they come out April 7th, so I think this comes out after. So, Indy, what's your thing of the week? 
Well, based on what you catch every time you come home and I'm already home, what do you think my thing of the week is? Ah, uh, The Legend of Korra. <laughs> the Legend of Korra. <laughs> this is like constantly on in our house now. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell from what Samantha said, I'm really into the Nickelodeon animated series, The Legend of Korra. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about Avatar The Last Airbender and how much I liked that, and I was going to continue on in that world, and that brought me to The Legend of Korra, which is, it was released as two seasons, but for the sake of this, I'm going to say it's four seasons, four books, as they often call them, and it takes place 70 years or so after the events in Avatar The Last Airbender, and I think it has a lot of what I loved about that show, but it is very distinct in its own right it's not just the same feel it's a very unique show but still of that world Mm. so it has these four books and each one is a story in itself and there are about 12 episodes each and there's less of those kind of like fun throwaway episodes that you would get in avatar everything is more in line with the main story of that season so if you didn't listen last time this world it's an animated cartoon People are of one of four nations based on elements. There's the earth, air, fire, and water people. And certain people have superpowers called bending where they can kind of control that element. Mm -hmm. And that's the world that we're living in. In the first series, it was around what our industrial revolution would be like. Now we are kind of into the 1930s-ish. So there are cars, there are cities being built... So it kind of mirrors our world a little bit that way. And I made the mistake of reading some reviews of the show in preparation for talking about it here, which I know I should never do because people are like, Cora's the worst! Girls! (laughs) Yeah, you should never, never read the comments. Yeah. Never read reviews. Yeah. So people are angry, I think mostly because she's a girl, but I think a lot of it is that she's a very uh, headstrong, confident person. But throughout the show, we realize that that confidence is her downfall a lot. So I don't think you can be angry about her being like that because it shows through the actions of the show that that's not necessarily always a good thing. And she's kind of the flip side of the Avatar in the last series. While Aang was patient and caring and spiritual, Korra is driven and confident and strong. But they both, through their series, learn to be more like the other. And we do get some kind of cameos of people who are still alive from that first series. I'm not going to tell you which ones. And I think I'll tell you about this show, but I'm going to speak very abstractly so there's no spoilers. I'm just (laughs) going to say these types of things happen. And I won't tell you which characters or anything, so you can still watch this and be spoiler free. So most of the main characters in the first season are kind of between the ages of 16 and 19 for the most part. So it's an older show in that way because the first show was children. And a lot of them, not entirely likable at first. Because they're kind of immature, annoying teenagers. (laughs) But there's growth. And by the end, the characters are kind of in that 21 to 25 year old range. Mm -hmm. So it does go over some time. Each season has its own kind of big villain because it is a superhero show at Mm -hmm. its heart in a lot of ways, at least. But I love the villains of this so much because 
there's so many villains where you start watching and you're like, yeah, I get it. I get where they're coming from. <laughs> like there is a villain who just wants equality. And at first that means like getting rid of this tyrant of a royal who's kind of uh, taken over and some of the people are very well off while so many of the people, the people in their kingdom are starving. And you're like, yeah, I'm on their side for this. And then they're like, yeah, we should d- destroy anyone who's in power like that, including the hero. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait now. <laughs> And because the hero is kind of taping the scales in one side and they want true equality. So there's a lot of good bits on extremism and how that can form. There are characters who ultimately become villains, but their driving force is like uniting their country. They were like, I saw all the war and now I want to unite my country. And you're like, yeah, great. And like, well, sometimes to unite people, we need to use a little bit of force to get them to fall in line. And you're like, okay i guess and they're like you know what martial law and you're like wait a minute and you can watch different characters agreeing with the villains for certain points until they all eventually start falling away but you can see how people can fall for the first step which they're all on board for but then the further it gets if you've already kind of committed to those ideals you can just take one little more step one Mm -hmm. more little step and it shows you how like normal people can be radicalized and believe something so far from what they originally started as because it's all these little steps and they have charismatic leaders to follow and you kind of start understanding terrorist groups. So again, like Avatar, there's some really intense stuff underneath the surface if you want to look for all of that as well. And like in some other episodes, I was talking about how I started reading about non-essentialism and some Buddhist thought and the idea of being free from all desire is is essentially what Buddhism wants. Like if you're free from all desire, you're going to be free from all suffering. Mm-hmm. And you have one villain in this who is actually in a very beautiful relationship, in a romantic relationship, oh. and they're very committed to each other. But then one of them is killed. And through this, the villain is that much more powerful through the loss because they're like i now have nothing grounding me in this world i am free from any desires i have nothing to lose and because of that they become super powerful uh-huh. which is like a thing in in buddhist thought but it's taken into a a very different way in this huh that's interesting um i didn't know that about buddhism i'm no expert but i think the biggest thing is that all suffering comes from desire in buddhist thought and when you're free from all desire you will have no suffering and that's what leads to enlightenment that sounds great if i could uh break down buddhism into one sentence that's what it is (laughs) I, i get it now i get buddhism and in a lot of superhero movies over the last 15 years we have these ideas of a superhero being broken down like batman and iron man and iron man 3 And I think they do a better job of that in this show than they do in those big movies of someone who's like lost everything and then tries to learn how to rebuild themselves back up. And there's characters who are haunted by their own failures. And because we're in this kind of superhero spiritual realm, their failures take on physical manifestations. Oh, And that's really interesting. That's like a fun, fun idea. And there's one season in particular that has a lot of spiritualism in a very literal sense, like there's literal spirits in it. And I love how they, the art styles they choose to use for this, 
Because in every show or cartoon, you have to make a decision of how you want kind of ephemeral things to look. Mm -hmm. And they have some very unique choices in this, which I think are are really beautiful and uh, and unlike things that I'd seen in other shows. There's also a big flashback couple of episodes and the art style is completely different. And those ones are really beautiful to look at. Halfway through season three, there's a clip show. And that's usually always when... Like, well, we ran out of time. We didn't have an episode for this week. So here's a clip show. But the clip show is actually so well done because you have the characters kind of telling the story of how they met and how they got to this point to Mm -hmm. people who aren't aware. But in doing so, they tell the story and then realize their own faults and how they need to grow. So there's like one character who's kind of like a a heartthrobby type guy. And he's in romantic relationships with more than one female character in this show. And then then switches to the other one and then switches back to the first one. And so you don't have a great image of Mm -hmm. him. But when he's telling this story, he's talking about how he was so against hurting anyone that he never really put in his own voice and said his own things. And he's like a 21-year-old at this point and says, now I've learned, I think I need to be by myself and work on myself and know who I am before I get into another relationship. (laughs) And you're like, I know he's just saying it straight out. It's not exactly subtle, but it is something that most movies and TV shows targeted at adults don't really have. And this little kids show can uh, get to the heart of that a little better than a lot of shows for adults. Hmm. This sounds really interesting, and I think it would be um, kind of fun to watch. I like that it's a little bit different. You should watch it. I can watch it again. It's quite good. <laughs> I have no doubt that you can watch <laughs> it again. <laughs> so it is a show that has cool ideas about relationships, some really interesting ideas about evil, the very nature of that, how people become extremists, how people become radical radicalized. There are two characters in the show, I won't say which ones, who I really wanted to get together romantically. And I was like, could it happen? I don't think so. And then at the very last shot, it kind of hints that they do. So I'm not going to say who it is, but for you who've already watched it, let me know what you think. Do they actually (laughs) get together? I think they do. And if they do, I wish they had just shown them actually getting together. Because if I say why it would be amazing, it kind of ruins things. So I'm not going to get into that. But... It is a supernatural kind of superhero show, but what I love is that in all of these things, you know the hero has to win. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case here. And when the hero does win, it's not just because like, well, I'm the strongest, I'm the most powerful, I'm the most determined. Sometimes it's because they took the time to learn from the villains and learn why they thought that way. And it just encourages people to think of things from both sides. And sometimes when she wins, it's because she has this group around her. And just like the first Avatar series, I think that's what this has in common. Although different stylistically and through their storytelling, both of them come back to the strength of friendship and teamwork and like love conquering things. Mm. And that comes out in the end. And I think The Legend of Korra, great show. Oh, that sounds so lovely. (laughs) If you don't like it because it's not like Avatar, I get it, but it's not Avatar. Mm -hmm. It's a new thing, and it has a lot of those same elements that make Avatar great, but it is quite different as well. So don't go into it thinking, I just want that. Just go into it thinking, I want a good show like that one was a good show. They're both 
balanced adventure stories, which you don't get to see a lot. So my pick of the week is The Legend of Korra. It's currently available on Netflix, but only books one and two. So you have to find books three and four elsewhere until Nickelodeon's own streaming service starts, which should be any day now. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that's... um... Sounds like a magical journey that I think people will enjoy being on. It really is. It is a magical journey. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) Well, now I'm dying to know, what do we get to watch for next week? So this is um, another classic Samantha episode where I couldn't find a movie that I loved, but I found a movie that I should have watched a really long time ago. And so you're going to watch it too. Okay. (laughs) So without telling me the movie, tell me the context of why you think you should have watched this a long time ago. Um, Well, Netflix recommends it to me about every two weeks. Um, You've talked about it before, and it completely sounds like a movie that I would like or that I would have already seen. Um, It has like a big cast of um, actors who I like in other things. So I uh, I think I probably should have seen this movie already because it incorporates dance and singing and is kind of a musical, I think. So this week, we're going to be watching the 2010 movie Burlesque. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I don't want this to change the show this is going to be very different because I have actually seen Burlesque. Yes, and you've talked about it as something that I actually would enjoy. Did I say you would like this movie? I think you said you couldn't believe that I hadn't seen it. True, true. But uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm torn how much of what I think about this movie I should say today. I, I think you should give us a quick rundown like three lines or less of what you think of this movie and then we'll watch a trailer and then we'll leave all of the big stuff for next week okay i think i can do it in like three words okay perfect it's junk <laughs> wait, wait, wait it's glorious junk glorious junk <laughs> it's fun so I know we'll talk and you'll talk about why people should watch this mm-hmm. but you guys should watch this movie <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm going to love it, I'm going to hate it, but I do think everyone should watch it. (laughs) You should watch it because I already have a lot of things to say, and I think you might too. (laughs) Well, yeah, from the way you threw your hands up in the air when I told you what the movie was. (laughs) Burlesque. Wow. So Burlesque stars Christina Aguilera, Cher, Kristen Bell. um, Alan Cummings in it. Stanley Tucci's in it. Eric Dane, Julianne Huff. Yeah. Uh, so there's quite a few people who are like legitimate actors in this that leads me to believe that it might be a, an okay movie. Or this could have been the mistake of their careers. Either or. <laughs> oh, I really I want to do the burlesque episode right now because I, I saw it. I don't know, seven years ago or something. And I still remember so many things. (laughs) I remember her apartment. Why would an apartment be designed like that? I remember air rights. They're always talking about the air rights. (laughs) And Peter Gallagher, is he in it? Did we say that already? No, I didn't mention him. Is he in it? Um, Who's Peter Gallagher? (laughs) Who is Peter Gallagher? 
Peter Gallagher has the eyebrows, right? That's him? I'm yeah, pretty sure he's, he's in Sandy this. Yeah, he's Sandy Cohen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I only know people from OC. <laughs> yes, Peter Gallagher is in this. Alan Cumming. There's many, many people. James Brolin. Wow, burlesque. Um, okay, I'm going to try so hard to not say anything more. Okay. You know how I feel. Let's hear what you think going into it so it's kind of a reverse it's your movie but it's also you tell me what you think it will be (laughs) yeah because like i do really feel like i should have seen this already um so i think it's going to be lots of dancing lots of small costumes and corsets and then you think lots of burlesque yeah hmm you'd think (laughs) sorry sorry i said i'll stop i will stop Um, and I think that, uh, it may be kind of a trash movie that I end up enjoying. I think that's a fair, a fair assumption. Well, should we watch a trailer? (laughs) Yes, please. Okay. How much to Los Angeles? One way or round trip? You're kidding, right? Wow. And you're in my mirror because? I've never seen anything like this before. Great enthusiasm, terrible timing. that was backstage yesterday i want to be up there i want to do that question is do you have the talent because you're on what is she doing up there i think she's auditioning hey dave cut it hold on a second just tell me what you're looking for i'm looking for someone who can do the routine now you want to show me something show me that drop the curtain come on let's go Where's the curtain? You never told me you could sing like that. What are you so excited about? She's your replacement. Here, put this on. If you fall off the stage, leg extended, boobs up. You killed it tonight. Thanks, Jack. You like her. What's the proposal exactly? <laughs> Just yes or no. It's fun being a girl, isn't it? Pull the trigger. Any questions? What did I just choose? <laughs> what do you think? Um, I'm excited to see it. It looks very hokey, but I think it's going to be a good time. That trailer, if I saw that, I wouldn't think it's terrible. No? I'd be like, it looks like they're going for what Chicago was. Oh, right. Because this was like Chicago-ish, right? I think it's not too far after not too that. Far after. Did you like Chicago? I did. Chicago's pretty solid. I really like Chicago. Yeah. And I loved all the music from Chicago. And I think they did a really good job of like making it into a movie. For the most part, yeah, I think so. Because it's, it's, Chicago's such a good musical that the movie can't be that bad, yeah. I think, if you do a decent job of Yeah, because it's, it's been staged a hundred million times, mm-hmm. right? So I think that if the directors don't try to do anything, like, too crazy with it, it's going to be good. Right. Yeah, this, the trailer I didn't think looked bad. There's a lot of Christina Aguilera just... Belting. Singing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of that. Yeah, there was. I mean, yeah, there was. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and this is how we're going to talk to each other for the next week. Yep. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> happening. So I'm excited to watch this. I, I'm kind of reserved in wanting to be like excited and love it already. So I think I'm going to hold my judgment and I'm going to watch this delightful trash of a movie. No, it's going to be the best movie ever. Best movie ever. Sorry. It's going to be so good. We're both You're going to love it. We're both going to love it. It's going to be a double love. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we could predict where this movie goes probably, but what is one thing you hope to see in this movie? Christina Aguilera being a good actor. Well, th- come on. <laughs> come on now. V, what is something you hope to see and think you will see? Mm, a romance. Okay. Yeah. A good romance or just any romance? Um, a romance that shouldn't happen but does. Oh. Yeah. And something about air rights. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. Oh, well, you will. I will. <laughs> You don't know who owns the air above your home? No. Oh, you need to look into that. <laughs> oh, God. It's the most valuable thing in the world. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to watch 2010's Burlesque this week, and we will see you next Monday when you find out what we thought. Where can people watch this? Uh, it is on Netflix. It is also on Amazon Prime if you have one of their fancy subscriptions. And... Uh, I'm sure you can find it on that magical... Yeah, click that link in the show notes. Magical drive that somehow appeared. And we'll see you next week. And then we'll burlesque. Burlesque. Because burlesque is a verb and a noun. Yeah. I'm going to show you how we burlesque. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What was the final thing? Get your ass up and show me how you burlesque. I I, I think so. (laughs) Okay, well... How do you burlesque? You know what? I remember their ad campaign, and I think that was the slogan. How do you burlesque? I think. Which doesn't really make sense. Eh. Whatever. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll get, get into, into it, it next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. I'm so excited to show you how I burlesque. Yeah, I really want to see how you burlesque. I think. Like this. <laughs> and you'd think, hey, that's not burlesque. That's singing. Those are different things. Doesn't matter. No. Nope. That's how I burlesque. That's how burlesque is.